Justin Marks, part two. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. Yeah, let's talk. Okay, let's forget racing for a second, only because, like, as a follow up podcast, you were getting into the mountain climbing thing. Mm hmm. But you, god damn it, you went out and you actually did it. Oh. Yeah. Um, afterthought. Right, afterthought. Oh, right. I only <laughs> well, climbed like, I have the, to, the, the, the hardest peak yeah, in the Andes. I have, yeah. to, rem- I have yeah. to remember the, I have to remember the, t- the, the time were, frame. I remember in 2016, I was you just were, starting. You were getting into it, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like, you were like, me. maybe one day I'll climb yeah. Everest or whatever, and well, then like, now. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that, you know, I, I, I knew that my driving days were pretty much coming to an end, like in any significant, right? I, I just had my second kid when, when we talked, and, and I won the Xfinity race, and... And I just, you know, I was 35, 36, and it's, you know, sort of like, you know, where, where are we going from here? I can't do this forever, right? Um, and I think that I saw mountain climbing as was one of my first passions in life. It's like, I need to replace the racing with something that, like, gets my juices flowing. Uh, yeah. like, just Dude, get something that's like that, some adrenaline, yeah, yeah. something that's, you know, something yeah. that's, I need some risk. I need some, you know, I need something that's, that's hard, that's difficult. Be, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. that's a mission. And, yeah. and that was something I came back to from my youth. So, so yeah. Um, in the years that followed, I've climbed in uh, in the Canadian Rockies, in the Sierra Nevada. I've I've climbed volcanoes in Ecuador. I summited the highest mountain in the world outside of the Himalayas, uh, Aconcagua in South America, on the border of, of uh, Chile and, and Argentina, and just done all kinds of really really cool stuff. And and it was all it was all sort of on this path where it's like, all right, so. My Everest for the last 15 years was like, I just want to, I want to win big races. I want to win the 24 hours of Daytona. I want to win a NASCAR race. I want to race in the Daytona 500. Like those are like the, the pinnacles, right? And I did all three of those. And then, and, and it's like, okay, well now I want to start this whole new trajectory and I want to start doing like the Everest, Everest, like the real one, right? <laughs> right so, yeah, um, yeah. so like I went it's to the Mount Everest of, uh, of, Mount, of Mount climbing. Mount <laughs> climbing. <laughs> That's right. He gets it. Yeah. He gets yeah. the bit. You're our first guest who's gotten yeah. that dumb analogy. We do it all awesome. the time. Yeah. So, you know, I... So then there, so that, you know, there was a, so I created my own, my own ladder system, right? So it's like, I started out in karting and, you know, which was like the hill in the backyard and then, and then, you know, kind of like progressed <laughs> right, through the ranks. Right, and right, then, right, uh, right. and then yeah. I went to, I went to Aconcagua in 2000 and, um, GoPro mountain plex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The first one to brand a mountain. Yeah. yeah. Right. Sponsor right, a yeah. mountain. Yeah. yeah. Um, Track mountain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> mountain house. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Something. yeah. Um, so I went to Aconcagua in 2018 and got my ass kicked. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really, really bad. I mean, you struggled. Yeah, a struggled, struggled. Yeah, right? we were right like, your posts yeah, about it. I was like, yeah. this is incredible. So we turned around. I turned around. I couldn't put one foot in front of the other, Ryan. I mean, yeah, it was. Yeah. So he turned. Now, is, that, is that cold? Is that deprivation of oxygen? Just fat- or fatigue. Like just I mean, just everything I had. Yeah. Down. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, you know. We take an audit of it afterwards. It was yeah. it was my training modality was not right. Even I mean, but you were doing it like I was really fit. well, and you had like yeah. one of the best guys out there. As yeah, your, as your yeah, like, I don't as know my partner. Coach or yeah, part- my, yeah, 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 my, yeah, my climbing partner. Yeah, I mean, you didn't f- around. You got the best. No, guys. my climbing you partner. Did it like Justin Marks would do it. Uh, my yeah, my, my, my climbing partner yeah. lives in Quito, Ecuador. We yeah. we do it all day. Just me yeah. and him. We've done all this I stuff. I love together. when you post other things about him and other like. He's a stud. It's when you when they take people up, it's called for well, them. Well, he's a it's, he's a guide. A guide. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, works yeah. for a guide yeah, right, service. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But you're still yeah. like posting his stuff every now and then. Well, yeah, like, we're friends, and so we've cool. really become yeah. partners because none of none that. of my climbing was part of a guide service. Right. It was yeah. never like you know sign up for. We have eight slots yeah, on, yeah. A, on a climb. Yeah, yeah, the whole right. kind of thing. Yeah. Like I just you know so yeah. So it's like yeah, and so um so it's just the two of us, right? Yeah. And um, he's so strong. Does that friendship come because of the intensity of everything you're trying to do together? Yeah. Like you just bond pretty much because it's like we mix this up. We both. 
um, get hurt. Yeah, and I think it's also a personality thing because yeah. it's like, you know, we're in a tent together for 14 days, right? right? right so right. it's like you have to, it's the, li- it's the, yeah, we get it. Get it. Yeah, <laughs> we, exactly. we know. We do the same thing. We're in a Honda together for, you know, accurate. Sorry, sorry. The only difference is you don't have the option of in the lobby if it's a bad night. Yeah, well, that's true. We got to dig a hole inside. So, uh, so we, so that box was checked. So we just, you know, we didn't really get on each other's nerves and, you know, and, and the whole thing. And, and he's, he's just so strong. I mean, he's like 29 years old. Topo Menya is his name. And he's, he's 29 years old. Summited Everest, summited K2, like a bunch of 8,000 meter peaks, Everest without oxygen, you know, all, all kinds. I mean, just really, really, really elite. Anyway, so I went to Aconcagua and just and got my ass kicked and just, I was cold. I was tired. I was not prepared. I, I turned around it at, at, you know. I turned around on summit day about halfway to the summit. I just uh, said, I can't, I just, I can't do this anymore. And you're that close. And then I, you know, I came, um, yeah, I could see it. I mean, yeah. it was right in front of us. Yeah. Um, so then I went back home and, and was like, I'm not, I'm not letting that thing beat me. And, and the thing about that mountain is that that mountain is, and I'm gonna, I'll get back to kind of the point here, but like that mountain is, um, is considered sort of the last real test before going to the Himalaya. Before Everest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, if you can, if you can be strong on that mountain, summit well, summit in good style, they say, which means not get dragged up there like high right. fives, push yep. up on the summit, right? The whole deal. Being like a problem, you know, the guy helping you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just go yeah. there strong, right? Be a partner, don't mm-hmm. be dragged up. And so, yeah. Um, and I saw, so I said, oh, I'm not, le- I'm not letting that beat me. I'm going to go back there and I'm going to do it like that, right? So then I spent another year and a half and and you know changed my training program and and you know the whole time I was doing just the two NASCAR Xfinity road races. I was doing the 24 hours. I wasn't really racing that much. I was doing three or four races a year and, um, went back there in 2019. Luckily, like basically got home, turned on the TV and was like, COVID, what's this thing about? It's like, so I just skirted it and, and got in there right ahead of time and, and had a great day. I mean, had a really, really great day. I mean, Topo and I summited, um, first ones to summit on the mountain. You know, a lot of the people on the mountain go summit, get back to high camp, uh, rest the next morning, get down to base camp, the whole kind of thing. We summited, we went all the way to base camp, grabbed the last helicopter out of the out of the park, got in a van, drove two hours at 1 a.m. that night. I was in the Hilton Hotel in Mendoza having a glass of red wine and a cheeseburger, washing my stuff in the sink. I mean, it was a good, strong day, like a real strong day. It was, you know, some at 22,849 feet, descended down to 14,000 feet, flew out, drove home, um, and was home 24 hours later hugging my girls. And so at that point, it was like Topo calls and he goes, are you ready? Because I'm ready. Let's go. And then it was, then it was the conversation that my wife knew was coming, but we, <laughs> we weren't really having because yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah. I don't know if, you know, or can you really do this whole kind of thing? And uh, we had the conversation and, you know, my kids were young and there were people that were summoning Everest that season, Americans that were summoning the Everest that season in their early 60s, late 50s, knew that we had time. I said, let's just think about this. I was really focused on this thing, but knew that I had some unfinished business in the racing world. And then heard about this new car. Heard about this new. Uh, heard about this new how, NASCAR. And, and not, not to be negative, but how dangerous is Everest considered? I mean, even if people are 60 years old doing it. I well, mean, yeah, I, I think it all comes down to um, your level of preparation and the resources you put around you on the climb, right? So it's like you can make that mountain as dangerous as you want. Or you can make it as safe as you want, right? So it's like be really well prepared, be in great shape, have a great support system around you. Like you know, be climbing strong with good people that can that, that have good weather, you know, weather prediction systems. Be willing to turn around. Right. I mean, you got yeah, people right. on that when mountain that around. don't have any money and go with cheap outfits, you know, like Sherpa in the mountains that aren't really that well trained that want to make some money. I'll take you up Everest. And, and maybe they don't have a lot of experience. And you spent your last dollar and you go, I'm, I'm going no matter what, because I got one chance in my life. Like, don't be one of those people. Those people get in trouble. 
Um, so I think from that from that standpoint, there's a lot of infrastructure on that mountain, a lot of safe infrastructure on the mountain. There are fixed ropes all the way to the summit, which are ropes that are that are put in that are anchored into the mountain. So you're essentially attached. You can be attached to the mountain the whole time, so you can't fall off the mountain. So then, really, you know where the danger comes from is just not being prepared, suffering from altitude sickness, and not be willing to turn around, like running out of oxygen. You know, just you know, get not not having the right equipment, all that kind of stuff. But if you go there the right way and with the right people. Um, I think you can mitigate most of the risk. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, there, there's, you know, Everest has this reputation of being like really, really dangerous because it's got so much of media focus on it because it's yeah, the highest it's, mountain it's, in the world. The they make one. movies yeah, yeah. about yeah, it. Yeah. You know, it's like no one, I told my wife, it's like, did, she goes, did you watch that Everest movie? Everybody died. And it's like, they, they don't make movies about Everest on years where everything, but the weather's good and yeah, everyone's right. summit. Right. Remember right. that? Right. You about know, the yeah. airplane that landed safely? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They didn't make it. Right. right. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. The F1 show is not called Drive to do a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. Drive yeah, to exactly. keep the tires hot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I mean, if you want to go get some, look, there's there are mountains that are a lot lower than Everest that are with within almost touching distance of, of the summit yeah. of that thing that are way more dangerous yeah. than that one yeah. itself. So, yeah. you know, Everest just has this mystique about it because it's you know, it's Everest. Yeah. So so anyway, that so that was you know I'm I'm just somebody that's I'm just driven to do to do just big things difficult things and and i'm a sort of a natural risk taker whether it's you know physically or in business and um so i, I had to lean into something when i wasn't really racing that much or figure but um but then this you know this new car happened and i started ideating around what an entry would look like that's not more than just a race team it builds a real business it's got some scale and and uh and i you know i leaned into that so everest is not off the table uh and for, you know i'm 40 so i've got you know, I can climb that mountain for the next 20 years. So there's um, not a specific plan in place right no, now, but it, no. you're not done No, with but it. I'm probably going to go to, um, you know, I'm thinking about right now going to, going to the Alps um, next summer for six or eight days and doing some, some climbing in Switzerland and, and Italy and, you know, taking the wife with me, you know, so we can kind of do it, you know, a little bit together and, and, you know, just keeping the skills sharp. So, but, you know, I'll have to miss a race for it. What kind of budget are you putting into your climbing over the course of a year? Um, budget. Interesting. Um... Like I don't have a clue what it costs to climb. Yeah, well, I, I can't, I, I, just climbing or like tra- training and all that stuff. Yeah, if you're gonna, if you, if yeah, I mean, you can't separate, do one without the other, right? If there was a separate bank account that was just going into everything it took to, uh, yeah, to yeah, go yeah. up, yeah. great question. Like I have no yeah, idea what it costs. Yeah, um, if you put it all on a credit card, what's yeah, that bill? Yeah, so you know, I bought a lot of equipment, bought ten thousand dollars, fifteen thousand dollars worth of equipment, right? Training and climbing. Uh, I had a coach, right? Coach is one hundred fifty bucks a month, whatever. You know, training peaks, and he looks at you know. Puts my program together. Yeah, like, um, yeah. Seriously, I was like, like LA Fitness. The expense is doing the climb. I mean, yeah, yeah. Right. You know, um, Everest is well. So the cost comes from obviously travel, and then the thing is, you can't climb these mountains by yourself. Right. You just you yeah, can't yeah. do it. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I mean, the really elite guys, the real special guys, can that you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're like the professional climbers. Yeah. But um, but the guy has never done it. You with know, two yeah, girls it's at like home? you know, yeah. we need it. So there are base camp companies. There are companies that run base camp, mm-hmm. and that's cooks, right? First aid, yeah, uh, yeah. place to sleep at base camp, you know, the whole kind of thing. They'll bake yeah. your food for you, so mm-hmm. you pack when you go up the mountain. You've got, you know, pack, so it's like base camp infrastructure. There's, you know, Wi-Fi and stuff yeah, yeah. down there. Porters, like we use porters um, on Aconcagua because you're on the mountain for 14 days. Like you can't, Just you're actually going through like different, like almost climate zones on the mountain. Yeah. So like you can't carry all that equipment on your back by yeah. yourself. Plus for, all the for clothes you need for you know? it. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, so we hire these guys. We pay them. Yeah. They, they're, they're, you know, local Argentinian guys from Mendoza mm-hmm. that come up and work the season on the mountain and they yeah. port, porters supplies for guys yeah. and all that kind of stuff you know so you got to pay the base camp operator sure, sure. it's like you know all that kind of stuff so i mean it's it's a few thousand dollars 
I mean, it's 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 probably you know I spent I spent I think to do Aconcagua I probably spent fifteen or eighteen thousand dollars all in like all in yeah. all in. Oh, okay, well, well that's not a not as scary. It's not a yeah. six yeah, figure number. Yeah, I spent one hundred fifty k. No, right. Like, no, 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 like, no. That that, yeah. that number that number really only exists. That number really only exists on on Everest. Yeah, you know because, yeah. because well, you don't want to risk anything there. Yeah, and and it there's so much infrastructure, yeah. and you know you have your climbing permit from the government, which is like <laughs> yeah. ten grand or Weird. something like that. Yeah, it's you like know? they almost you, know yeah. how to make yeah. money. Off <laughs> they almost know who's going to try. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, right, right, right. I mean, you know, there's not a lot of tourism in Nepal besides the mountains, so that's yeah. they really lean into that. that but, money. Um, yeah, but uh, how very zen. But literally, it's exactly like yeah. What's he's the CEO of what? Yeah, it's ten k. Yeah, yeah, it's ten k. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He owns what computer company? We're good. Huh? That was good. Yeah, namaste. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you know, what's interesting about climbing is that it's it, there. There are a lot of similarities, but I have found a lot of similarities between motorsports and climbing, like the PR departments. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> had a rip off, rich guys. The interviews, yeah. Ponzi um, schemes. Yeah, Ponzi yeah, interviews. Yeah. 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 Um, Drug smuggling. I mean, you know, honestly, yeah, <laughs> not, not not the best crowd. Yeah. Crowd, right? <laughs> um, not paying the guys to do the work. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, really, I mean, you know, teamwork, right? I mean, yeah. it's like I I was interviewed. Jamie Howe interviewed me at the Twenty Four Hours of Daytona, and she asked me about because I came home from Aconcagua, and two yeah. weeks later, I was at Twenty Four Hours yeah. of Daytona. Yeah. And she goes, you know, she asked me what did you do what, the five hundred uh, right after that too? Um, yeah, I did. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah held, held a couple weeks yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> But um, fitness-wise, you're and, there, and she yeah. and she asked me, you know, you know, what what, what are the similarities? And I said, well, summit photos are just like uh, podium photos, right? Is that you see one person holding a trophy, but behind that person is an, an entire team of people, mm -hmm. right? An entire entire effort of people, yeah. and and yeah. that's what I find really fascinating and interesting about it is yeah. is uh, is that it's it's um it's a challenge that takes a lot of people to to accomplish, right? It's cool, you know. So one of the largest things that came out of this, I guess, from the uh, social side, you know, is the fact that you partnered with a international hip hop star. Yeah. How the hell do you get Pitbull on board yeah. out of nowhere? Um, so, so the the idea of this rate of Trackhouse, the brand, yeah, um, is the idea was to try to build something that was more than just a race team, something that was culturally relevant, mm -hmm. right? Something that was a very modular business where we, where we could do really cool things where we could take NASCAR to, you know, markets that had not seen NASCAR yet, you know, right. And we could, we could we, we just expose ourselves and we could really have reach sort of beyond, beyond kind of the low hanging fruit of the avid NASCAR yeah. fans. And yeah. that means, you know, um, partnering, um, with people or entities in, in entertainment, music, culture, all this kind of stuff. So from day one, when, when I first took the idea, the concept of Ty, and was like, man, you know, I want to have, I want to have partners in this team that are not like NASCAR people that, you know, so we'd, we'd talk to like Post Malone and we'd like, we talked yeah. to like a couple, yeah, yeah, talked yeah. to a couple different yeah. people, you know, but, but everything was sort of transactional. It can't be transactional. It has to be authentic. We got to find somebody that's like really motivated because yeah. they like NASCAR. Yeah. They believe in what we're doing. What we're when, you, do. when you say transactional, it's like, cool. Yeah. I'll be part of it. Here's my appearance. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I could have called Justin Bieber's people and been like, I'll pay you $2 million to do five social posts and come to two races and yeah. wear a track right. house hat. Right. Like that's right. not what we were trying to do right. Like, right. at all. Yeah. Right. Cause that's, there's nothing. Yeah. There's no, there's no longevity to that. There's no, you're not building anything with that. Sure. Sure. So, um, so we we're trying to figure out how to do that, but it wasn't, it was, it, it was high priority in that it was essential to the brand, but it wasn't high priority in the moment, mm -hmm. um, yeah. right. In, the, in, in trying to get the race team going. Yep. 
but but we had made it known to a lot of people in the industry and say a lot of people in the industry like fox and nbc and nascar that you know we were we really wanted to kind of be a diverse organization. We wanted to be a philanthropic organization. Yeah. We wanted to have a community involvement element where we took NASCAR to, to you know, sort of minority youth that wouldn't ever have uh, ex- exposure to the sport and, you know, try to try to have some sort of, take some sort of corporate responsibility in, right. in America right now. And, 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 and so we were making that known to them and, and putting feelers out there and stuff. Well, Pitbull and Dirks Bentley had done a promo for NBC uh, at the finale at Phoenix. Yeah. And so he'd been doing some stuff in NASCAR and Pam Miller, who's a um, wonderfully talented woman who works for Fox, a producer for Fox. She's the producer of the, of the Daytona 500. She produced all the SRX races for Ray Abraham and Tony and them. And um, she had she had a relationship with um, with Armando through some of the stuff he was doing at NASCAR and yeah. through media and everything. And she knew what she's, we were doing. She's the first female to produce the Daytona 500, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah she's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. And, um, and she knew what we were doing and she had had a conversation with him and he was like, I want to do more. I want to get more into the NASCAR thing. I yeah. like the NASCAR. And he's, yeah. he's a legit NASCAR fan. Yeah, like, he seems to be actually, it's, it's, he's actually it. like, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. And, and I think people don't believe it, but he's, he's like, he knows his like he's a real, he's a NASCAR fan. And, um, so he'd come to her and said, I want to do some, I want to do some, some NASCAR. So I want to get more, I want to do something with the league, right? Like I want to do something with NASCAR, maybe be like a representative of the league, you know, you know, and she goes, well, I think you need to talk to these track house guys because they're starting this team. They've got um, this Mexican driver and they're about to go racing next year. And they've got this community element, this philanthropy element, the whole kind of thing. So I was like, all right, yeah, set it up. I'll meet them. And we, uh, this was Christmas, it was Christmas of 2020. And we flew down to Miami and, uh, took a tour of his school. He's got these schools down there called SLAM, which is Sports Leadership and Management. And it's, it's a tuition-free school in Little Havana, the neighborhood in Miami he grew up in, um, for sort of underprivileged, you know, uh, underrepresented uh, population of youth, um, you know, to, to, to get a high school education and to go to college. And, and it's this amazing campus, and it's awesome. And and uh, and it's something obviously very passionate to us. We went down there and took a tour. We met him for lunch. We met in a private room at the back of this restaurant, and we started talking, and... Within 15 minutes, it was very, very apparent. He was like, I want to do this NASCAR stuff, and I want to make a difference in the world. And I had Daniel there, and he goes, Daniel. And he knew Daniel from his relationship with Carlos Slim, a very prominent yeah, businessman yeah, in yeah. Mexico. And, and so he's like, he'd been following his career. And Kids, he's, he started, to the Daniel Suarez episode. Yeah. <laughs> and, he'd start, and, and Armando started talking about the moonshiners and he's like man i'm a survivor you know what i mean it's like and, and like i'm a hustler and like i gotta find my opportunities and well and like my my parents are you know immigrants from cuba and uh i grew up in this bad neighborhood and he's like the moonshiners are they did the same thing that that i did right he's like i, f- I feel a connection to them like they're you know skirting the law a little bit and trying to just get theirs and, and they're industrious and entrepreneurial and all this kind of stuff and he feels a real connection to the history of nascar which is crazy once you start actually diving into it a little bit you're like yeah that makes yeah. that makes a lot yeah, of sense yeah, yeah. It's the same kind but of he knew ty because he'd watched the michael waltrip documentary oh, he'd right, watched right. the dale earnhardt yeah. documentary. like yeah, he yeah. knew all he's this he knew horse. all this yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, like yeah. he knew he knew all this stuff and it was such a great we were sitting at a table just like this in a room like this and it was uh you know within 15 minutes it was like yeah this is like we're doing this deal i mean it was so easy so um we just figured out what a partnership looks like and and it was um it's very authentic. It's not transactional. Um, it's you know we're providing a lot of assets to uh, to his school and um, and 
uh, and he's getting exposure for his music in the NASCAR community. He was the Grand Marshal of Daytona 500. Uh, he's done collaboration, you know, music collaborations. You know, he's done two songs already where he raps about or he sings about NASCAR and about Trackhouse. You know, with Trace Adkins and Luke Bryan, and did one with Jimmy Allen at Kid Rock. And um, and it gives us an opportunity to have uh, to have exposure to this incredible global community of of you know fans of his. Yeah, right. You know? And so yeah. it's an awesome partnership and. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's wild. I mean, six months, you know, well, you know, a year from now, I never would have thought, I mean, I always thought we were going to be doing something with Luke Combs or Tim McGraw <laughs> right, or yeah, Florida yeah. Georgia line yeah, or something because right. it's NASCAR yeah, to be right. here right now with Armando, but it's perfect. Yeah. Like it works so good. Yeah. It's especially awesome. as far as yeah. what you guys are doing with the STEM yeah. stuff. That's yeah. a really, really cool thing. I just think we're doing something in this sport that has never been done. Yeah. No, agree. Yeah. yeah. So we had a standing deal that I would be your, uh, I think I said technical director or team manager. I can't remember. But I'm you not, don't want that job. I'm holding on to that for I'm when telling, I finally get fired from my you, racing stuff. No, you don't, don't want think that I'm job. Get, I'm, I'm, not, I'm holding you to it, man. I don't want. You don't <laughs> want that job. Golf cart driver. You need a guy to run you around the weekends. I'm your guy. I'm telling you. No, you guys are going to run digital media. There you go. I'm okay with that. <laughs> oh, we're back in. We're back in. Build you a studio. You know what I'm yeah. capable of. I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> Start out great. <laughs> All the sponsors are mad. Yeah, like numbers have never been higher. I'm in, but you don't get any reviews. <laughs> I will. I will tell you. I mean, honestly, Sean, what you've done with Potter is the kind of stuff that this sport needs. It really is. I mean, it's, I'm going to let you say it. No, really, because <laughs> there's just not a lot of people like John Potter. There's not a lot of people that, that are in, that are in the, the ownership mm. positions in this sport that give people like you artistic, ar- artistic <laughs> license. What about the stuff he's done without John Potter? <laughs> <laughs> this show. Well, I'm just, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I do I mean, I mean, it, yeah. right. That's the thing is that like, is that, you know, the, the, the 24 hours Daytona's posters, right? The star Wars posters, like the things like that. It's just like, why? Like this is, this is what, we started the top of this entire conversation was talking about creative and compelling storytelling. And that that's what it takes. Right. That's the stuff that it takes. All right. Well, if we like not to, this is why I want to go back to the John, the, the, uh, the Justin Mark story, but um, back to the drive to survive thing, John Potter, like I, I don't know that this show, show would exist without John Potter because John Potter allowed Continental to see what I'm capable of, if that makes any sense. And um, back to my drive to survive thing, that show exists because people saw what that could be or they allowed the talent to really shine through i can't name i get one of the reasons i've sort of really bowed out of doing sports car stuff over the last couple of years is because there aren't like how do i put this i've had so many pitches and discussions with different race teams over the years and no one wants to do what what john does i'm not saying funny stuff I'm just saying stuff that's actually out there or aggressive or unique to doing something for everybody just Fan wants to engaging. check boxes yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, it, it hit a point where it's like this is no longer about some random unknown guy trying to pitch ideas. Like I feel at this point that I'm validated in terms of the things that I can do and I've proven it. And if no one's interested, that's fine. But then I shouldn't be here. And um, they're totally missing an opportunity. This is where (laughs) it's really, it's ridiculous. And and I think like what you're, and we'll get into this, but like the partnerships you're doing with people like Pitbull, with some of the media that you guys are putting out independent of me. um, uh, It's, um, it's out there. And, um, so when I keep talking about a talent problem, I'm not saying there aren't talented content creators out there. I'm not sure. saying it's me. I'm saying it also requires teams or middle management or marketing agencies or manufacturers to be able to see 
what's right in front of them well, and utilize that, it. That's that's so, what I said. Was that yeah. was that a guy like John Potter Absolutely. gives you artistic license yeah. to be able to yeah. to, to and, run the ball? And I'll say this uh, in his favor over mine, which is he's very clearly said we're going to do weird, funny stuff. Yeah. Well, obviously, he and I align very well in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't have to be the funny team, but definitely find something that's yeah. unique about what you're right. doing. Well, and teams aren't doing that. Yeah, so, and I would say it. that you know, total plug. But the actual reality is that Continental lets us do our weird. Right. You know what exactly. I mean? And that's exactly. why the show exists. Yeah. And uh, fortunately, our partners have never once been like, we don't like this idea. Do what we want. They're like, like literal quote we have from one of the executives at Continental was, they do weird It works. Let them do it. And we're like, yay! And you have to. 12-minute video burning an LMP2 team. <laughs> LMP3, bro. <laughs> you, have to, um, you, have to, you have to really take advantage of those opportunities yeah. because we're yeah. living in a world where that's becoming increasingly oh, rare. Oh, God. Yeah. We're living in a world where like, you mm-hmm. cross up, you cross, mm-hmm. you know, just you make one little miscalculation mm-hmm. and it's like canceled. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like done. Everyone's mm-hmm. so right. protective of the optics of a brand that, you know, it's, well, so it's great to be able to. Yeah, and that's whatever. It's a, again, this is getting beyond yeah. what, what I want this to be, but, yeah. but you say canceled. Um, uh, one of the biggest challenges that the sport has, again, I think you at Trackhouse are doing a good job, yeah. is when you bring in major manufacturers, major sponsors, they all have agencies, which means you have layers of management, which unfortunately means you have a culture of people that are way more afraid of getting fired than doing anything that puts themselves out there. Exactly. That's, yep. that's going to be, I've said this from day one, but we are all like Trackhouse is a small business. And when we start bringing in big agencies, we're creating big business solutions for small business problems. Yeah. I've lost my sense of humor working so damn hard. Like oh, six did you hear that? You hear what I just heard? I work too hard. Uh-huh. Yeah. You must be in PR. <laughs> um, running Trackhouse, you have to go Thursday through Monday someday. Sometimes five days a you week. You know what? I haven't worked a day in my life. How about that? <laughs> because you enjoy what you do? Find a job. Go f- yourself. Go f- yourself i have the coolest job on the planet it has days yeah. yeah everyone goes yeah. man so what's it like running a cup team like well today was about 401ks and, bo- and bonuses <laughs> exactly and, right. let yeah. me tell you about hr policies yeah, and let me, all let the, all the paperwork about, let review. me tell you about osha compliance <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. yeah you know the stuff that i started racing skip yeah. barber for we had to put a third rail on the on the yeah. upper deck mm-hmm. because uh, someone falls off of that yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> let's talk about something fun let's laugh well here's the thing one of my biggest complaints about your first episode was your complaints about your first episode. I agree with this. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Every yeah. time we talk, you're like, I, just, I want to be funny. Yeah. And I'm well, like, cool. I just got 10 emails from people going, that was one of the most insightful ways I've ever oh, really? heard asked. What do you mean? Yeah. I've told you this like 100 yeah, yeah, times. Yeah, 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 Come yeah. on. Yeah. Because you've bitched to me about it 100 times. I have not. Like, no. I just, I was, I wanted don't make to be me sound insecure. The, damn. The, you wanted to be funny, and instead you were <laughs> like extremely don't. helpful for people yeah. that don't know how the sport actually no, works. Right. I think I'd rather be that guy than like, he loves dick jokes. Well, I know, but the thing is, you've had Mario Andretti on this yeah, yeah, we've also like, had yeah. Ryan Lewis. Yeah. So. And how many NASCAR teams did it's Mario awesome. Andretti buy out? My point is, yeah. like, no, no, let's, let's, <laughs> like, let's go back to what we were talking about in minute three, yeah. which is Drive to Survive works because they found the voice for them. Yeah. Magnus works because it's the voice for them. Yeah. Justin Marks is the Justin Marks voice. Yeah. Knock it the f- off. Yeah. Okay. All right. We got a pass along question for you. Last night we had dinner. With Deb Williams. Deb Williams wants to know, how did Justin and Pitbull join together? Covered it. <laughs> Listen earlier. Number two. <laughs> <laughs> Pitbull is such a high energy. What is it like having him as a business partner? Um, what's it like having him as a business partner? With his like level of energy. Because yeah. you're, you're yeah. always thinking, Chill. but yeah. you're a very relaxed guy yeah. in terms of your demeanor. Yeah, I mean, he... Um, 
he's very he's very energetic. He's very inspiring. I mean, like he's one of those guys that really commands a room, and he's very yeah. consistent. He's consistent. He's the same that he is like in interviews and on stage and in just a room like this. He's yeah. he's super consistent. Um, and I mean, you know, he's he is a secret weapon for sponsorships. Mm-hmm. You because know? of that energy. Yeah. Not just because of drama. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, man, he's he's. You know, people go, Pipple, I want to meet Pipple. I want to spend time with him. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. everybody leaves interaction with him going, like, love that guy. Love so, that guy. yeah, like, this isn't fair because we haven't done one of our deals with him yet. But Halio gets a lot of shit for people perceiving that as fake. Yeah. And everyone who knows Halio says, no, that is a real no, level that, of energy. No, he's the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. the exact same way. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 people people can see him in interviews and, and you know, press, avail- you know, press conferences and stuff and be like, man, he's just, like, he's just, you know, he's just a... Uh, putting on his act or whatever yeah, yeah. but he's like he's i mean he's like that all the time that's cool like he's he's <laughs> like that cool. all the time yeah all right so we are meeting t- tomorrow in just a few hours yeah. with uh indycar champion mm-hmm. alex palou palou we'll find out uh any questions for him in indycar racing you can't really move people out of the way <laughs> right i'm sure this isn't the first person asked this question but i would ask someone like that in a sport when people get in your way and piss you off and you can't move them out of the way if you had an indestructible front wing, who would you just move right out of your way? Because you didn't want to deal with it. Thank you for asking that. If you could bump and run on an oval in an IndyCar <laughs> race, who would, you, who, who would you be the most excited about bump and running? Excellent. <laughs> you get a new car lately? Did I get a new car? Yeah. Street car? I'm guessing. I got a Chevy Suburban. Mm. I have a 53 Chevy pickup. Is that the new car? I have a, I don't know. I have a 73 911 RSR. No, you already have that. Your wife might have mentioned that you got a new car, and she oh. found out. Did she? Did you text my wife? Yeah, of course I did. Oh, you did. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> you did. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got the. Um, I really like. I really <laughs> wanted this new 911 Turbo. Oh. Is that what she told you? So you didn't mention that just a minute ago when I asked you. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why not? I, because I don't know what your angle was. Because you were looking <laughs> at me. Like waiting on something. Yeah, the Porsche GT3. I'm I, guessing. I went to the I went to the dealership. Uh-huh. I went to the dealership, and I'm like, hey, I want to get a um, I want to get one of those GT2 RSs. Okay. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I can't do that. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm willing to. I mean, I'll buy it right now. Like, yeah, I want, like, like just I want it. sell it to me, please. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> sell it to me, please. I was like, what about GT3? Is like, hey, we can't get GT3 RS. I was like, well, damn. So, because I really, I mean, I like Porsches, and yeah. and, and this new 2022 911. Uh, Turbo S is like the fastest car in the world. Yeah. If you get the lightweight package, thing goes zero to sixty in like two point four seconds right. or something yeah, totally stupid. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And he and he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, we can't, we can't do that. And there's nothing. I mean, like, there, there's, you know, there's no new cars on these yeah. on these lines. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well. So then, um, uh, so I got a, uh, I got the Taycan, the uh, electric. You know, I got the oh, Taycan. did you really? Yeah. So I got the Taycan. So okay. I was driving that, and I was like, well, let me know if you can get a nine. Well, this guy goes background, and he calls the. Um, he calls the Porsche allocation yeah. guy or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's like, "I got this guy that wants the 911." He's like, "All of our allocations are out. Like, he won, he won Daytona. And he's a race car <laughs> driver, and he won the 24 Hours of Daytona, and he's in Brentwood here, and like, and he wants to really." And so they opened up a slot. Oh, weird. So I they ordered put, a. So I ordered a. So somebody just didn't get Turbo one. S. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But the guy called me. And he's like, "Hey, they're gonna. They. I can get one for you. You'll, you'll get yeah. it in January." Yeah. So uh, yeah, but how did so she? How did Aaron find out? She found out about it. <laughs> she found out about it from her trainer at the yeah. gym. <laughs> yeah. How are you going to hide it? 
Um, I, well, I had three months during the production process to figure out how to how to tell her about it. Right. Because they're making it right now. So, so, babe, right. so I don't know what we happened. bought Chip Ganassi Racing. Listen, I know I we know. might have bought two yeah. NASCAR so teams. I had but to reward myself with a gift. Yeah. Well, she, so she, so I'm working out for me. Yeah. I go to the gym and I'm, I'm working out at the gym I and like there's a, a guy, game. there's a guy, there's, <laughs> I'm working out at the gym line. and the guy, the, one of the guys in the gym is like, is that your take on? I was like, I was like, yeah. And I was like, he's like, you like that thing? I'm like, yeah, I like it. I've, but I've, I've ordered a, I got a new turbo coming because like I'm not, I'm not into the electric thing quite yet. And and I got this cool car. It's fab. We're talking about it, whatever. And I was there with my trainer. And then like three hours later, my wife goes into the gym to yeah. work out with her trainer, who's uh, obviously in right there with my there, trainer. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't even think twice about it. The whole time I'm thinking like, I got to figure out how to tell my wife I bought this car. And then she comes home from the gym, like walks in the house. I'm just working from home, right? She, she, she walks in the house. Yeah. She's like, "Something you want to tell me?" Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, "Wow, this could be. I can hear it. This You're could like, be no, anything." No. <laughs> right. So I'm like trying to figure out where I messed up lately. I'm yeah. like, what, what am I keeping from? I was like, "I don't, I don't know," because I didn't think that bad. Like, Buy any new cars lately? <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right." Yeah. So. But you guys got a new puppy, huh? Ranger Danger. Yeah. He Wait, pisses. He pisses. Did that on come me. before, or after the Porsche? Uh, bef- well, no, before. Uh, before. Oh, well, yeah. then never mind. I think. It wasn't a makeup. I, I, it no, wasn't, it wasn't a makeup. Mine didn't come after, but. No. So you go out on like a business trip I go, or a I fun go, trip. Yeah, no, I go. Um, she, I know she's been wanting a dog. And she goes, I think I'm going to get a dog. I think I'm going to get a dog. And I was like, well, let's talk about it. <laughs> and then I come home, the dog's there. <laughs> and she's yeah. like, I thought we talked about it. Yeah. But this dog, this dog. She, it, well, it, she got it. She didn't realize. It was almost she like thought she had three months right. before yeah, the puppy yeah. came. She didn't know the trainer was going to tell you that the dog she was ordered the dog. She ordered the dog from a pregnant dog. She built it online. This yeah. dog pees on me every time. She gets mad at me because <laughs> she gets mad at me because I don't like hug on him and like, you know, pet him. And stuff. Yeah. Every time I pet him and hug on him, he pees on me. Yeah. Pees all over me. You can yeah. work on this. Yeah, man. Just well, that's what she said. She's, that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's. I guess that's it's how it works. Right. No, now, now I got three against me instead of one because you guys, but you. you guys both. Well, plus our fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my favorite thing about uh, you you starting Trackhouse was the day you announced it. That morning, you were texting me about what dumb vintage car we should try to yeah. pull we our money on and uh, buy. Old Formula One cars. It was like, like well, first it started as that, and then we like found like well, old prototypes. It's like, look at this one. Well, we like were sending, traps. we were sending, um, we were sending uh, uh, listings to each other of <laughs> right, like, right. trying to find the ultimate, ultimate yeah, track day car. So I have a, buy. so I have a, uh, yeah. so, so what, so one of my deals with Chip was, um, so I bought everything in the building. He's yeah. like, but there are some things in the building he wants to keep. So there's some show cars in the building, right? There's like Jamie McMurray's Daytona 500 car, yeah, Brickyard 400 win- winning car, yeah. Kyle Larson won the all-star race. He wants that car. There's an old Sterling Marlin Coors Light Dodge, which was the first car that won for Chip Ganassi Racing. Yeah. So he has some things, right? It's like five five cars he wants to keep. There's some things he wants to keep, right? So I'm walking through the shop. I'm going through all the little nooks and crannies of the shop. And and so he's like, five show cars. All right, five show cars. I'm doing the math, right? So it's like McMurray, McMurray, you know, the whole thing. All right. Um... In the back of the shop is like a 2000 uh, Raynard Champ car. No way. Sitting cool. there. No yeah. way. Yeah, and it's all done up in like uh, PNC Banks or like Scott. Is it PNC Bank? Whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, yeah, Scott yeah. But, but it's a Raynard. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, But it's like the like the Champ. Like, yeah. like, we yeah. sent each other listings yeah. on like the ultimate stuff, right? And I'm like, this thing isn't. I'm like, this thing isn't on the list, right? So so it's a thing in the shop, right? So I'm telling people in the shop. I'm like, hey, I'm telling the managers in the shop. Yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I don't want to steal anything from Chip. 
I don't know if that thing's got any because I went to his you know his 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 indie car shop. He's got you know he's got racks of yeah, racks of car. You know yeah, he's got all this stuff. And I'm like, this thing just looks like an old show car. But I'm sitting there going like, we could probably fit a Judd you know, absolutely. V10 or we could fit a Judd in that. that thing. Like yeah, you yeah. know, and I'm like, that's my VIR track day car right there. Like you know, hour, we're gonna, hour. We had a deal. Hour, man. We're, we're gonna, doing this together. Yeah, I'm telling you that. So um, so I've been I've been moving around the shop and I'm like, well, their guys came down from Pittsburgh to grab all no, the tro- to grab all no. the trophies this week, and they're like, that was never that was just that's a Ganassi owned uh, piece of equipment from the other no. side of the business that just happens to no. be in the race shop right there. So damn it. So, so, I, so I lost it. I, so I thought we're back I was, to yeah. we're back to our so now we're our back classifieds. to historicracecars.com uh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be around there tomorrow. Do you need some muscle? Yeah, we, we can slide uh, something out of the back of the shop. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We literally yeah. were sending each other like. My question for Alex Pillow is: It's actually more of a request. <laughs> it was more of a request. Don't sign your next deal until you tell Chip, "Hey, I'll take the same amount of money. I won't ask for a raise. I'll take the same amount of money, but." Um, why don't we give Justin that champ car? <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll back channel Alex a raise. Yeah, you'll get, we'll help uh, you out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll make, give him a bonus. We'll make so a he'll make, he'll make what he wants to do. Yeah, exactly. We're going to need two cars, yeah. though, for parts. Yeah. Because there's no way we make it 10 laps yeah. of VIR. Yeah. Yeah. How fun yeah. would that be? Just make yeah. a track day car? Just well, put some cool scheme on it? And but just go t- like. like to, to your character, it's the morning of the track house announcement. And I'm like, check out this Reynard. You're like, yeah. I found a Lola. you are like, yeah, that's a good one, too. Like two hours later. No, he doesn't tell me yeah, yeah, and then two hours later, it's like Justin Mark starts track yeah. house racing. I'm like, why were we texting about Rileys? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are we doing? So I just love race cars. Man. I know, man. That's hey, my, I that's don't do it for the announcements. No, I know. I, I don't know. do it for that's, the announcements. I don't do it for the social media. Maybe even better just, for me. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I just love what I do. I love race cars. Can you guys turn any of this into a compelling podcast? It will be excellent. Yeah, it'll be tough. Yeah, the, we'll like, it uh, you're going to hate it because it will once again be more about how insightful it is. Yeah. It's insane hey, if it's valuable, levels it's, of insight. Yeah. Like, no, and then I'll yeah. see you at Daytona. You're going to be like, it wasn't that funny, no, though. Yeah. It's okay. No, the, the, as long as there's something of value dude, for you guys. Like, then it's worth I, it I mean, I'll just tell you selfishly, I learned more today. And thanks again to Justin for all of the time and all of the insight. And we will close this out with uh, Nashville Sun by Matt McCloskey.
Feel it now, Nashville, sunny.